Welcome to the Christ the King podcast. I am Pastor Michael McGinley of Christ the King Lutheran Church here in Spencer, Iowa, and we are a congregation of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. Coming to you this Wednesday, March 10th with another midweek Vespers service. As we continue our series, The Lord's Prayer in the Lord's Passion, tonight we look at the third petition of the Lord's Prayer, Thy Will Be Done, as we look at Luke 22, which includes the disciples arguing over who is the greatest, Peter denying Christ three times, and also his, his agony there in the Garden of Gethsemane. So we look at thy will be done, this part of the Lord's Prayer, in the Lord's Passion, as our Lord prays to the Father in Gethsemane. We now begin our Vesper service with him, Jesus, I will ponder now.
open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise to thee, O Christ, King of eternal glory. The Lord inclined unto me, and heard my cry. I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined unto me, and heard my cry. He brought me up also out of an horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock, and established my goings. He hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it and fear, and shall trust in the Lord. Blessed is the man that maketh the Lord his trust, and respecteth not the proud, nor such as turn aside to lies. Many, O Lord my God, are thy wonderful works which thou hast done, and thy thoughts which are to usward. They cannot be reckoned up in order unto thee. If I would declare and speak of them, they are more than can be numbered. Sacrifice and offering thou didst not desire. Mine ears hast thou opened. Burnt offering and sin offering hast thou not required. Then said I, Lo, I come. In the volume of the book it is written of me. I delight to do thy will, O my God. Yea, thy law is within my heart. I have preached righteousness in the great congregation. Lo, I have not refrained my lips. O Lord, thou knowest. I have not hid thy righteousness within my heart. I have declared thy faithfulness and thy salvation. I have not concealed thy loving kindness and thy truth from the great congregation. Withhold not thou thy tender mercies from me, O Lord. Let thy loving kindness and thy truth continually preserve me. For innumerable evils have compassed me about. Mine iniquities have taken hold upon me, so that I am not able to look up. They are more than the hairs of mine head. Therefore my heart faileth me. Be pleased, O Lord, to deliver me. O Lord, make haste to help me. Let them be ashamed and confounded together that seek after my soul to destroy it. Let them be driven backward and put to shame that wish me evil. Let them be desolate for a reward of their shame that say unto me, Aha! Aha! Let all those that seek thee rejoice and be glad in thee. Let such as love thy salvation say continually, The Lord be magnified. But I am poor and needy, yet the Lord thinketh upon me. Thou art my help and my deliverer. Make no tarrying, O my God. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. The Lord inclined unto me, and heard my cry. The epistle for this third midweek Vespers of Lent is written in the second chapter of the second epistle sent to Timothy, beginning at the first verse. You, therefore, my child... Be strengthened in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. The things which you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit the same things to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. You, therefore, must endure hardship as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier on duty entangles himself in the affairs of life that he may please him who enrolled him as a soldier. Also, if anyone competes in athletics, he isn't crowned unless he has competed by the rules. The farmer who labors must be the first to get a share of the crops. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. The Small Catechism, the Lord's Prayer, the Third Petition. What is the Third Petition? Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What does this mean? 
The good and gracious will of God is done, indeed, even without our prayer. But we pray in this petition that it may be done among us also. How is God's will done? When God breaks and hinders every evil counsel and will, which would not let us hallow the name of God, nor let his kingdom come, such as the will of the devil, the world, and our flesh, but strengthens and keeps us steadfast in his word and in faith unto our end. This is his gracious and good will. The Holy Gospel is according to St. Luke, the 22nd chapter. Glory be to thee, O Lord. A dispute also arose among the disciples. Which of them was considered to be the greatest? Jesus said to them, The kings of the nations lord it over them, and those who have authority over them are called benefactors. But not so with you. But one who is the greater among you, let him become as the younger, and one who is governing as one who serves. For who is greater, one who sits at the table or one who serves? Isn't it he who sits at the table? But I am among you as one who serves. But you are those who have continued with me in my trials. I confer on you a kingdom, even as my Father conferred it on me, that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom. You will sit on thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. The Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan asked to have all of you, that he might sift you as wheat. But I prayed for you, that your faith wouldn't fail. You, once you have turned again, establish your brothers. He said to him, Lord, I am ready to go with you both to prison and to death. He said, I tell you, Peter, the rooster will by no means crow today until you deny that you know me three times. He said to them, When I sent you out without purse, wallet, and sandals, did you lack anything? They said, Nothing. Then he said, But now, whoever has a purse, let him take it, and likewise a wallet. Whoever has none, let him sell his cloak and buy a sword. For I tell you, that this which is written must still be fulfilled in me. He was counted with transgressors. For that which concerns me has an end. They said, Lord, behold, here are two swords. He said to them, That is enough. He came out and went, as was his custom, to the Mount of Olives. His disciples also followed him. When he was at the place, he said to them, Pray that you don't enter into temptation. He was withdrawn from them about a stone's throw, and he knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. An angel from heaven appeared to him, strengthening him. But in agony he prayed more earnestly. His sweat became like drops of blood falling down on the ground. When he rose up from his prayer, he came to the disciples and found them sleeping because of grief, and said to them, Why do you sleep? Rise and pray that you may not enter into temptation. While he was still speaking, a crowd appeared. He who was called Judas, one of the twelve, was leading them. He came near to Jesus to kiss him. But Jesus said to him, Judas, do you betray the Son of Man with a kiss? When those who were around him saw what was about to happen, they said to him, Lord, shall we strike with the sword? A certain one of them struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his ear. But Jesus answered, let me do this at least. And he touched his ear and healed him. Jesus said to the chief priests, captains of the temple, and elders who came out against him, Have you come out as against a robber, with swords and clubs? 
When I was with you in the temple daily, you didn't stretch out your hands against me. But this is your hour and the power of darkness. They seized him and led him away and brought him into the high priest's house. But Peter followed from a distance. When they had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and had sat down together, Peter sat among them. A certain servant girl saw him as he sat in the light, and looking intently at him, said, This man also was with him. He denied Jesus, saying, Woman, I don't know him. After a little while, someone else saw him and said, You also are one of them. But Peter answered, Man, I am not. After about one hour passed, another confidently affirmed, saying, Truly, this man also was with him, for he is a Galilean. But Peter said, Man, I don't know what you are talking about. Immediately, while he was still speaking, a rooster crowed. The Lord turned and looked at Peter. Then Peter remembered the Lord's word, how he said to him, Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. He went out and wept bitterly. Here ends the gospel. Praise be to thee, O Christ. Rend your heart and not your garments, and turn unto the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him, for he is gracious and merciful. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, for he is gracious and merciful.
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We've been doing the Lord's Prayer in the Lord's Passion. And so far we've looked at our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Last week it was, thy kingdom come. And we saw where God is asked to bring his kingdom, he does so in his Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. His kingdom comes in all that Christ accomplished. And then tonight we look at, thy will be done. But what is the Father's will? In our gospel, the eleven see in God's will conquest, power, greatness, much like how our Gentile world sees greatness, how our world thinks that God's will is for this as well. That's what the eleven also assume God's will to be, conquest, power, greatness, as defined by the world. They see this kind of greatness being God's will. And so they quibble among themselves right at the beginning of our passage. And this is right after the supper. They're quibbling, quarreling among themselves of who is the greatest. And as they hear how our Lord assigns to them a kingdom, here they come bearing two swords, assuming that by the sword, God's will is to be done. But then our Lord has a warning for Simon Peter, saying, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan demanded to have all of you, the twelve, that he might sift you like wheat. But I prayed for you, that your faith may not fail. This is much like when Satan went to God to test Job. Here Satan now comes to God in our Lord's hour in order to demand for himself the twelve. Judas apparently was not enough for the devil. He wanted all of Christ's circle. So as our Lord faced his hour, the disciples as well faced temptation to show who they really were. But our Lord here tells Simon that he is specifically praying for him, that he is begging for Simon in prayer, that his faith not fail. And Simon doesn't really get it. He replies, Lord, I am ready to go with you both to prison and to death. Simon thinks that he has created this own faith in himself, that he has this resolve and determination, this unbreakable will to follow our Lord wherever he goes. And we respond the same way at times. Catechumens, pay attention well to Simon Peter here. For you will soon make your confession of faith with a very similar temptation awaiting you. And I'll ask you several questions at your confirmation when the time comes. I'll ask you, do you renounce the devil, all his works, all his ways? And you'll answer from the book, yes, I renounce them. I'll ask if you believe in God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit as we confess in the creed. And you'll answer, yes, I believe. I'll ask you if you believe the scriptures are the word of God if our confessions are faithful and true, and if you desire to keep hearing preaching and receiving the supper every Sunday, and you'll say, yes, I do. But then will come these questions at the end. Questions such as, do you intend to live according to the word, to remain true to the creed, to remain steadfast? That means to suffer patiently in our confessions, even if you have to suffer all even death, rather than fall away? You'll be asked this question. And in words that sound an awful lot like Simon's, you'll say, I do, by the grace of God. Catechumens, that day is coming when that question will come to you, and that is the answer printed for you in the book. When the time comes for you to give that answer of being faithful even unto death, Remember here our Lord's warning to Simon. I tell you, Peter, the rooster will not crow this day until you deny me three times. Simon Peter, even in the face of this, remained convinced he would carry out the Father's will by following our Lord even into prison or the grave if he had to. And you, much, you might much feel the same way as you give your answers at your confirmation. 
And Simon gave this answer with the sword armed at his side. And therein was he falling into temptation, which our Lord warned us about. And this will be your temptation as well. Speaking of that sword, notice how when our Lord is betrayed by Judas, that a certain disciple pulled out his sword and struck off his enemy's ear. We know from the other Gospels that this was Simon Peter. Notice how Peter, when our Lord is taking away, doesn't run to be at his Lord's side, but after striking off his enemy's ear, he now follows at a distance. Notice how at the high priest's house, as our Lord is inside being tried for blasphemy, Simon Peter remains far away in the inner courtyard, amongst strangers, in the light of a fire. Simon told our Lord he would follow him into prison, but here Simon deny here, even knowing our Lord to a lowly servant girl. Simon told our Lord he would follow him into death, but now we hear Simon even deny being a part of the Lord or his twelve when confronted by another. See how Simon was so zealous for God's will that he struck his enemy's ear with a sword. See how zealous Simon was when he believed that the Father's will was to usher his kingdom in through Christ by the world's understanding of conquest, power, and greatness. Simon was so zealous that he thought God's will meant bringing a reign upon earth that appeared great to men that he would usher in, or at least help usher in, with a sword in battle. But then when our Lord was shackled, beaten, spit upon, alone, when our Lord was lowly and in his humility, and it showed, at that moment, hear how Simon denies our Lord a third time, when a third person was certain, absolutely certain, that he was with Christ. And Peter's temptation is our temptation as well, and catechumens such will be your temptation at your confirmation when you answer those questions. The temptation to carry a sword at your side like Simon Peter did, believing that we must ourselves conquer the world for the church to grow, rather than believing the word can itself conquer. The temptation to believe that Christ cannot come to us in ordinary, in ordinary means like the word, water, bread, and wine, or a simple man and a clerical, but can only come in the power, fame, and riches of men. There is the temptation to believe that Christ cannot make the church great by his cross and blood, that by his cross alone, the church cannot survive. That has to be more. That temptation is out there. Some preachers actually preach that. They think that the church can only be great if we ourselves can fulfill the divine legal commands of God perfectly. That it can be great only if we try harder to perfectly live within those divine ethics. Believing that we answer and pray to God the lawgiver in ourselves rather than to God the Father in Christ. So if you answer these confirmation questions, like Simon does, with a sword, so to speak, armed at your side, be warned that what happened to Simon will happen to you. When you find you cannot conquer the world, when you find that you reject the ordinary means by which Christ has promised to come to us, when you find that you can't yourself make the church great, in the power, fame, and riches of men, then you too will come to deny Christ in the humiliation of his cross when the devil comes to demand you and to sift you as wheat. Simon thought he knew God's will. We often think we do too. And for Peter, this gospel message ends with him going out to weep bitterly. As Peter goes out to weep, our Lord likewise went out 
as was his custom, to the Mount of Olives, our gospel says, where he withdrew, knelt down, and prayed. So where Peter denied and wept, here our Lord prays in agony, suffering physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, to the point of sweating drops of blood as he begins to spill his blood for you and me. Because here our Lord's flesh is trembling, desiring to avoid the physical torture of shame and mockery, of scourgings of whips and piercings of nails, of hanging on the cross as his body is given and his blood poured out. Here his soul trembles, desiring to avoid the spiritual torment of damnation, desiring to avoid having to drink the cup of the Father's wrath to the dregs, receiving the full punishment for the world's sin in that cup. His whole humanity, his whole flesh is trembling, so that as his humanity desired to avoid the cup of wrath, he prays, sweating drops of blood, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Some people especially rather pathetic theologians, will proclaim that God could have chosen to save mankind any way that he wanted. And so they think that he chose to send his son to die on the cross out of an affinity of ways that he could have chosen from to save us. And in so doing, it's really a way of cheapening our Lord's passion and suffering. So that as those theologians claim God could have chosen any way he wanted for salvation, they miss here our Lord praying fervently to the Father for another way. They miss here our Lord praying, Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. They missed that the Father, mourning for his Son, sent his Son an angel to strengthen him. But as he sent an angel to strengthen him, he also sent this answer. My son, you must drink all of the cup. Here, the father reveals his will to us. His will is that the salvation of mankind must be accomplished by his son incarnate in his passion and death. The Father's will is revealed to us as the Son prays, Thy will be done. And then shortly after, is sent into betrayal and to the cross, right to the cup of wrath. (laughs) Those theologians are utterly foolish. Our Lord accomplished the Father's will in our flesh. There was no other way. And by accomplishing all the Father's will on the cross, there as he hung, his kingdom had come. With the kingdom of God coming on the cross, hear what our Lord told Peter after saying he prayed for him. He said, Peter, when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. When you have turned again, that is, Peter, when you have repented, when the rooster crowed as Peter was talking, our Lord turned and set his loving gaze upon Peter, in a gaze that also convicted Peter of his sin. When Peter went out and wept bitterly, there he recognized his sin, his guilt, and utter depravity of his transgression and and denying Christ. And would that we all recognize our sin from God's law and confess of it in such humility. Because Peter is not alone in this sin of denying Christ. So have we all felt this guilt when the world intently questions us? When you have turned again, our Lord tells Peter. Here, when Peter bitterly weeps, he is repenting, returning, He is staring the Lord in the face. 
although he doesn't understand it all until the resurrection, when our Lord, in his glory, will then pronounce absolution upon Peter and restore Peter to being the first among equals of the, the apostles. Still, Peter is repenting. Not like that of Judas, but repenting knowing who his Lord is. When you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. Here, too, we see the Father's will revealed in Christ's message to Peter. Because it wasn't God's will that Peter fall away, but that he repent in Christ. And in Christ, strengthen his brothers, strengthen the church. Because this same Peter that denied Christ three times is also the same Peter who jumped out of the boat and swam to the shore when he saw Christ standing there. When he saw Jesus on the shore, he recognized his Lord and desired to be with him. This same Peter was he who stood up at Pentecost and preached the word of God so that through this ordinary fisherman, thousands were convicted of their sin. This same Peter, on that same Pentecost day, also told sinners despairing of their sins to repent and be baptized. So that through ordinary water, with the name of God, thousands that day entered the church and became his brothers. This same Peter was he who broke bread with the new Christians, strengthening his brothers in the faith as he gave them their Lord's body and blood in ordinary bread and ordinary wine with Christ's words of institution. This same Peter was he who spread the word of Christ crucified throughout the known world from Jerusalem all the way to Rome. And there the Roman Empire was conquered, not by the sword of men, but by the two-edged sword of God, his word, preached in law and gospel. Conquering the Roman Empire and the pagan religion, not with power, fame, and the riches of men, but by the word and the Holy Spirit. For this gospel, the book of Acts teaches us, Peter was imprisoned for it many times over. And for this gospel, church tradition tells us, that for it, Peter was martyred, put to death on the cross upside down, hung upside down on the cross by his request because he did not feel worthy to die in the same manner as our Lord. When you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. This is the will of God accomplished in Christ, crucified and carried out by his church in the world and completed in them when he returns again. Look around you in the church. When little children and adults are brought to Christ in baptism, there you see the will of God being performed. When the word of God creates faith in us to grasp in belief the promises of God in the word and the sacrament of the altar, there the will of God is being performed. When thy will be done is truly prayed, whether in church, at home, with your children, with your spouse, when we pray it as dear children praying to our dear loving Father in heaven, to our Father in heaven, whom we've been reconciled to in Christ, there God's will has been done. So when all of this is done, when all of this is performed, even at the risk of everything, as Luther says, at risk of honor, house and estate, wife and children, body and life, when all this is performed at the risk of everything, we are by the Spirit, Word, and Sacrament, ready to remain steadfast in our confession and faith and to suffer with patience even unto death. When that happens, there the will of God is being done. Thy will be done. As his will was done by Peter to strengthen the church, so it is done today as faith is created and strengthened in the brothers by these ordinary means. The preaching of the word, a simple man proclaiming and forgiving, water, bread, and wine, 
as his flock is fed and his word is spread, there is God's will being done. My dear catechumens, look at Peter here. Beware the temptation of the earthly sword. Don't be ashamed of the humility of our Lord Christ crucified or the ordinary ways that he comes to us. Be prepared to give all as Peter did, even in suffering and death, so that we may continue to receive our Lord and his eternal life and forgiveness through these ordinary means. Like Peter, let us always return, repent, strengthen the brothers. This is the will of God. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt. Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt. We continue with the creed and the prayer. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried, He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. O God who is the only expectation of your saints, whose advent into this world is set forth in the volume of the book. Graft, we pray you, your law in our hearts, to the end that we, declaring your righteousness, may be saved from peril, who lives and reigns with the Father and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. O Lord, have mercy. O Christ, have mercy. O Lord, have mercy. O Christ, hear us. God the Father in heaven, have mercy. 
God the Son, Redeemer of the world, have mercy. God the Holy Spirit, have mercy. Be gracious to us. Spare us, good Lord. Be gracious to us. Help us, good Lord. From all sin, good Lord, deliver us. From all error, good Lord, deliver us. From all evil, good Lord, deliver us. From the crafts and assaults of the devil, from sudden and evil death, from pestilence and famine, from war and bloodshed, from sedition and from rebellion, from lightning and tempest, from all calamity by fire and water, and from everlasting death. Good Lord, deliver us. By the mystery of your holy incarnation, help us, good Lord. By your holy nativity, by your baptism, fasting, and temptation, by your agony and bloody sweat, by your cross and passion, by your precious death and burial, by your glorious resurrection and ascension, by the coming of the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, in all time of our tribulation, in all time of our prosperity, in the hour of death and in the day of judgment. Help us, good Lord. We poor sinners implore you to hear us, O Lord. To rule and govern your holy Christian church, we implore you to hear us, good Lord to preserve all pastors and ministers of your church in the true knowledge and understanding of your word and in holiness of life, to put an end to all schisms and causes of offense, to bring into the way of truth all who have erred and are deceived, to beat down Satan under our feet, to send faithful laborers into your harvest, to accompany your word with your spirit and grace to raise those who fall and to strengthen those who stand, and to comfort and help the weak-hearted and the distressed. We implore you to hear us, good Lord, to give all nations peace and concord, to preserve our land from discord and strife, to give our country your protection in every time of need, to direct and defend our President Joseph and all in authority to bless and protect our magistrates and all our people. We implore you to hear us, good Lord, to watch over and help all who are in danger, necessity, and tribulation, to protect and guide all who travel, to preserve all women in the perils of childbirth, to increase the happiness of all mothers with infant children in their blessings to defend and provide for all fatherless children and widows, to strengthen and keep all sick persons and young children, to free those in bondage and those innocently imprisoned, and to have mercy upon all men. We implore you to hear us, good Lord, to forgive our enemies, persecutors, and slanderers, and to turn their hearts, to give and preserve for our use the kindly fruits of the earth, and graciously to hear our prayers. We implore you to hear us, good Lord. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, we implore you to hear us. Christ, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world, have mercy. Christ, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world, have mercy. Christ, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world, grant us your peace. O Christ, hear us. O Lord, have mercy. O Christ, have mercy. O Lord, have mercy. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, do not deal with us according to our sins. Do not reward us according to our iniquities. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, 
You desire not the death of a sinner, but rather that we turn from our evil ways and live. Graciously spare us those punishments which we by our sins have deserved, and grant us always to serve you in holiness and pureness of living. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Help us, O God of our salvation, for the glory of your name. Deliver us and purge away our sins for your name's sake. Almighty and everlasting God, since you govern and sanctify the whole Christian Church by your Holy Spirit, hear our prayers for all her saints. Mercifully grant that, by your grace, we may serve you in true faith. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Call on me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you, and you will glorify me. Spare us, O Lord, and mercifully forgive us our sins. Though by our continual transgressions we have merited your chastisements, be gracious to us. Grant that all these punishments which we have deserved may not come upon us, but that all things may work to our everlasting good. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Bless we the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. Amen.
Thank you for joining us for this midweek Vesper service. We look forward to coming back to you with a matin service this Sunday for the fourth Sunday in Lent. And we'll also be back next week with our fourth midweek Lent Vesper service as we look at Give Us This Day Our Daily Bread in the Lord's Passion. The music for all the hymns for this service comes from smallchurchmusic.com. We encourage all of our listeners to look us up on Facebook under Christ the King Lutheran Church in Spencer or at CTK Spencer. If you enjoyed this service, we encourage you to subscribe to our podcast, tell a friend, or leave a review wherever you listened. If you would like to be on our mailing list for these podcasts or would like to leave feedback, you can contact us on Facebook or at the email addresses at the top of the bulletin, which is included in a link with this podcast. That's all for this week. Until next time, go forth and serve the Lord. I am Pastor Michael McGinley, signing off.